Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun. <sighs> Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions. See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Great. There goes my towel. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Never stop competing. The Left Wing Podcast is in association with Aldi Play Rugby, feeding the future of Irish rugby in over 1,200 primary schools nationwide. Ottawa, O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh, Fitzgerald is cutting back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy, O'Driscoll oh. through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, stamped and scored! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast in association with Aldi. I'm Will Slattery. Not delighted maybe this week to be joined by Luke Fitzgerald, as always, but uh, more of a, Jeez, a not somber. Not me, Will. Jeez, yeah, I know, but the, the, the side of you is bringing back the bad <laughs> memories of Cardiff. I was there myself. I yeah. left. How would you be delighted? I'm pretty much like the Nostradamus of rugby. Or an Ireland win, England to Trout in Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah someone tweeted us and was like, I'll just save you time and just clipped out your quotes. We have a better pack. I just believe that firmly. We like, we'll win the game. Scotland, they're not going to Yeah, I got that favorite. one right. Yeah. Another one shocked that one down. Well, that was another one yeah. that, uh, yeah. yeah, look, it was it, it hurt. Hurt something fierce. I heard, do you have the knives sharpened? Like, what approach are you taking on this podcast? Because it feels like everyone is being very kind of reactionary and, and very kind of angry and despondent with the team. There's a lot of uh, swirling emotions, and most of them negative, all of them negative, really. I'll wait till our guest gets here. Okay, I, we, I won't, you won't have to give it away. I'm trying not to be George Hook and yeah. always take the opposing view, but I really feel like there's a case to be made to defend the team because mm. um, I, I really think they're still a great team. Like I think they've just had a bad run of games um, and I think they've still got a brilliant coaching staff. They've just done a few, they've gone away from a few of the, the things that have made them great. Mm. So, um you know, people talk about, you know, they have to have a, you know, plan B and C and D and all this garbage. Like, the game hasn't changed and um, they just need to remember what made them great. You just need to deliver on those things. They didn't deliver on those things. So, uh, I think they'll be able to, the coaching staff will have a little quick, you know, take a breath, get away from each other for a week or two, 10 days, whatever it is, reconvene, you know, do a... Doing a, a post and a post, I suppose, tournament analysis, and I think they'll actually realise that look, they're the things they need. Now they'll change; they'll have a few little adjustments, but nothing major. Um, and well, I fully believe that. We'll, we'll get into a bit more depth when Keane Tracy of the Irish Independent comes in in just a minute. Um, I was actually over in Cardiff; I experienced it firsthand, the uh, famed Cardiff atmosphere. <laughs> and I just want to take exception to it. I, like I've heard a lot of I saw some journalists tweeting like, that was the best atmosphere I've ever experienced. I was there, and I didn't think like Peter Aviva got so much crap for being like a terrible atmosphere and people going up and down to the bar the whole time that was exactly my experience of the game at the weekend like, so, so I just wanted to have it on the record because I know Wes online like to listen to the podcast so it might be like Irish <laughs> your podcast your stadium's crap is yeah, it? your stadium's crap <laughs> Irish podcast I was blast Millennium uh, Stadium don't know what you're talking about man it's the best of lane Definitely, it's a great it's a stadium. Brilliant, great atmosphere usually I'm just saying like the Aviva gets a lot of crap for, for that kind of thing and I just thought my experience was people up and down the entire time you don't think Ireland getting beaten quite badly didn't uh, like helps that uh, helps maybe form that opinion. 
Some, I, some of those biases deep rooted uh, in there. I don't know. Like, it was happening for like the first it minute. It sounded so. brilliant on. It sounded amazing on um, on TV. Uh, as in the like the, they sung lots of the great songs and you know the whole crowd were singing them. Um, I thought the game, if it had probably been a closer contest, might have been like it was, pr- it was pretty much over just yeah, after half time. Just yeah. after half time, the game was over, and it was kind of I know it was party mode, but it kind of everything relaxes. There was no real tension in the game. We said, "Oh, if Ireland, you know, we like Wales have to defend twenty phases from from you know Ireland need to try in the last five minutes to you know the four points behind." There was none of that, so there was no real drama involved, which really yeah. like it ups the ante well, in that I, place. I was long gone by the time Jordan Armour <laughs> scored his try. <laughs> <laughs> were you? Oh yeah, you were a disgrace. Oh, I was You're pissing about rain. People. Stop. I was going to go to let me, train station. Let me castigate. You know, you've you're absolutely need ten lashings here. You're one of those people that left early. Like that's a disgrace. And you're in the media box as well, were you? I wasn't. No, I was in the. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Take it back. It doesn't. I know. If I was working, I wouldn't have been leaving you're early. You're moaning like. about people getting up from their seats, and you're one of those people. I got a train early. to catch from Cardiff train don't station. Don't care. But don't let me get into Cardiff in the train words station. Of the great Tatey. Don't care. I honestly don't care. That is a disgrace. I have no compulsion with leaving a sporting event early if clearly, there's a compelling clearly, reason. Clearly, yeah, you're obviously not sports mad, which you claim to be. If there's a compelling reason. <laughs> Did like you have to catch disgrace. a train from Cardiff train station, Your which name is an absolute blackened, shit show after a game. Blackened around here. You're not sports mad. You left early. I don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear any more excuses well, from me. This it's stage. only funny because uh, later on that night, like someone was like to me, oh, and Jack Cardi, I thought, played really well when he came in. I was thinking, like, Jesus, what was I did Jack Cardi even come on? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly. He came <laughs> you on. You were on a train back nursing <laughs> your wounds. Just um, as I was leaving, so I had to watch that so back. You thought anyway. Ireland got nailed. Disgrace. Ah, no, I, gee, I checked my phone for it. checked the phone. <laughs> as you were leaving the stadium. Yeah. Ah, I, I thought they might have made a comeback, maybe. <laughs> uh, look, it, look, it was. Um, I, I, I can see, look, I, I knew you're kind of flappable character. You're, you could easily, you're, you're changeable. Uh, you're a fair weather supporter, clearly. Um, but on a serious note, it, it, it would have hurt. It hurt watching the last uh, the last bit of the game as well, even though it was a bit of a dead rubber. I stuck it out because uh, I'm a real fan. And, you weren't that uh, It doesn't matter. I was watching the TV and I stuck it out. I could easily have turned it off and, and, and changed onto something different. Um, yeah, look, I, it hurt. It, it did hurt to watch it because I felt like they got the better of us early on. And... Um, like especially in the conditions, like once you let a team get a lead, like it's so hard to claw it back like that. Um, because you you kind of, I think it's so hard to not go and take points when you're like twenty behind or like like you're twenty points to three. But really, in those conditions, it's what you should do. Um, and I thought we kind of played into our hands a little bit that way. We panicked a little. And then, like, like I get, sorry, I get the thinking, like, seven points when you're down there, but it's so hard to score in those conditions. You're better off just, boom, six, nine, 12, if you have to just keep going that way. And then something falls your way. You just have to keep playing the conditions. Um, and I thought that's maybe a lesson for them a little bit because they've usually been really strict on game plans. Um, and I think maybe the thinking is a little bit disjointed on that. I, I think the going to the corner thing is, I think that works against teams that aren't good. Because you can break them, you know, they don't, like they might get hard for 10, 10, 15 minutes. But Wales, if if you give them a lift at home, they're gonna it's the lift is gonna stay with them for 10, 15 minutes. If they get another one, then they've got momentum all of a sudden. So um I thought that was that was something maybe that it would change in terms of the thinking. Well we'll get into that in a lot more with Keen Tracy. You know, he's joining us in the studio and Keen, when we had you in last, it was after the Italy game and we, we said we'd kind of analyze Ireland at the end of the Six Nations rather than halfway through, but we've had five games now and the Welsh game was probably the most disappointing of all five, you know, from the error count, key players playing poorly like Johnny Sexton and 
Conor Murray, the set piece didn't go well, the decision to keep the roof open backfired. A lot of pressure now on Joe Schmidt um, and how he's going to you know, help the team bounce back. How worried should people be about the state of the team overall? I wouldn't be very worried. I do think it is concerning. I, it, there's no two ways of looking, looking at it. I, I think you're right. Um, going to Cardiff, I certainly felt like Ireland were good enough to beat that Welsh team. In fairness, they won a Grand Slam, but they won it, I suppose, by playing outstanding defensive rugby. But the most disappointing thing for me like, was the errors that Ireland made, and they just compounded with error after error. Even if you look at the opening kickoff, Jacob Stockdale getting bundled into touch, it should never happen, should it? Uh, great kick and all as it was. So you had big players making big mistakes, and once a couple of those happen, it spread through the team. So that was kind of a hallmark of, I guess, what happened against England as well. Um, again, Johnny Sexton and Conor Murray, you know, they just haven't found their form. Sexton was actually very good against France, and Ireland were very good against France, but I guess haven't had time to look back on that, and hindsight is great and all. They probably said more about France, really, than it did about Ireland, because France were terrible really in this Six Nations campaign so yeah there are concerns I mean the scrum didn't go too well James Ryan's first time calling the line out um, I remember talking to Paul O'Connell actually it, it was the day after you guys had him in here um, and I was asking him about James Ryan and calling the line out and he made a really good point that actually stands out to me even more now he said that a line caller will have to have a bad day a really bad day on a big stage and you know you're kind of thinking okay like that's fair enough but he said that that happened to him as well so you'd hope maybe that this is sort of the learning curve that James Ryan needs because he will be calling the line out let's face it for years to come um, I thought the back row Gee, that was the caller's fault well it's obviously a combination I think it goes back to the one of those ones was around the shorts the yeah, one of the but, throws but it goes back to I suppose the point when we were talking about Sean Cronin against Italy yeah. like there's so many different variables yeah. that go into line out but like Jeez. you know, but we—I think we all blame Sean Cronin for that one, though, didn't we? For the performance, well, of the anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but sorry, it just seems like it's. I, I, the only reason I'm saying it is because, um, like a double standard. Well, like why is there? Is that know. a double? Is that not mm. it? No, I don't know. Like one of those throws was barely reached his yeah. shorts. No, no, absolutely. It was like, it was like a dead duck. There was not. It wasn't even. Didn't even spin. <laughs> But at, the, but at the same time, it was James Ryan's first time calling it. And yeah. when it doesn't go well, I mean, it's going to dent his confidence, mm. I would have thought. So, just it was an interesting yeah. point that O'Connell made. But I've never seen an Irish back row play, outplayed as, as much mm. as that was. It was just, it was non-existent. I mean, Sean O'Brien is still trying to find his way back. I think he's got a big, big job in his hands now to finish the season strongly with Leinster, I think, to get into the World Cup squad. Because if Dan Levy comes back, Josh van der Fleer, even someone like Rhys Ruddock hasn't gotten a look in and he's almost become the forgotten man in all this. But I think Sean O'Brien's got a job in his hands. Yeah, where, where, where do you start like, looking back on that performance? There's so many things we could pick out. You know, the error count, the performance of key men in the team, Sexton and Murray probably in particular, but the back row as well, as Keane said. And the confidence overall just seems to be so low now. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a. I, I think I think players, coaches, supporters need to catch themselves on. Everyone, like this has been our most successful period for a very long time. We've had, as far as I can see, two medium performances. Even though I would say the Scottish one, we've always, you know, that's always been a tricky fixture for anyone that's gone up there. We've had two bad performances. Like things aren't that bad. Like we've got, like we still have the best coach in the world, no matter what. Like I've, some of the garbage I'm reading. Um, and listening to about the coach, I just can't believe it. 
I've been also a little bit surprised. Like, so sorry, just to, that's to cover us off. We're we're the supporters, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think we need to catch all ourselves. This team has not gotten bad overnight. None of these players have gotten bad overnight. I think there's been a few things that have kind of maybe worked against them that I think have have accentuated maybe a, a lack of maybe form at the moment. Um, in terms of game time for key guys, a little bit of turnover and changeover in terms of guys getting injured at the wrong time. Um, and guys coming in cold like Shawnee hasn't come in playing much rugby guys like that kind of key fellas uh, Rob Carney's been injured a bit um, so there's been a bit of turnover Robbie Henshaw he's a big part of this team um, so look there's a few bits I think that haven't gone well from that respect and from the supporters perspective we need to calm down we've still th- these guys haven't like Joe Schmidt has been remarkable everywhere he's gone and he's still remarkable They'll figure this thing out they just need a little bit of time I think to step away and just in terms of the players in terms of, of, of looking at the game you know, I didn't think they played the conditions very well. I taught against France as well. I think in international rugby, I'm just a big believer in taking your points at times. I know they're trying to break some teams down, but uh, there's a few things they need to look at. I thought that was one thing. Um, I thought again on the weekend, that first ball carriers heading back in towards the first and second defender instead of heading out, which means they never shorten the line, which means the defensive line pretty much has to just get up hard and back on their feet and no one has to do any thinking about if oh do we need to change it do I need to get around the corner do we need to stay where I am do, you know, can I actually get off the line here there's no indecision so they like if you're heading back in that way it works sometimes when you've got momentum because you get it again quickly and the, and the defense have to backtrack again but that's something they need they need to be brave there they need to either pass the ball or they need to head back out towards the third and fourth defender they need to be brave there um, and they didn't do that on the weekend. I know the conditions didn't allow it, but the conditions, they, they weren't great against England as well. And I think they didn't they didn't react well in that phase of the game either. So straight away, everything's under pressure. I say it all the time. People are going to be sick of hearing me say it. But the game is very different for 9 and 10 if you're going backwards all the time. You have way less time to make every single decision you make. Off the back of that, when they knew they were under pressure, I didn't think they reacted really well to that in either of those games when the defences were getting on top of them and the conditions weren't great. No one took an extra step backwards. That's a big problem. You need to buy yourself time. If you're not getting time through momentum, you need to buy yourself time by doing something else. You need to, you need to find it somewhere else. That's how you do it. And you also need to kick really well. I didn't think, I haven't think they've kicked very well. So I think if they get those two thing, two or three things right, you could well, very well get a France. I, I get the point about France possibly not being that great a barometer, but you still have to beat them. And lots of teams have struggled against them this year as well. You know what I mean? So they can be tricky opposition. And we did very well. So I think there's a few learnings to get there. And I think the team and the management, a bit of time away from each other, to calm down, I think will really help them. I think they'll need to realise that they need to be a bit braver in those tight exchanges. They need to be a little bit tighter on some things. And and some things as well, I and mean, we'll get into it a bit more, I think, as we go on. But I thought they were, everyone was chatting to the referee. I, like, I couldn't, but like, it's, it's, a, and there were so many penalties. Like, small things that this, that have been the hallmark of this team, they've gone away from. So they just need to come back to those things, realise how they got to being great. And they just need to do those things again. They need to be a little bit brave. Like that that's what the, these tough um, periods. Where, where is that key. bravery coming from? From the players mm. themselves? Is that Joe coming in saying, I want us to play this exact way? Or? They need to relax. I think a bit of time away will be great. They get a good chance now just to assess what's gone on, what what why things went wrong for them during this little period. And they need to clarify the thinking, you know, be clear on it, and then just move on. 
move on. They block this bit out. They actually, there's, there are some positives to take from this. I thought there was a lot of other guys that came into the mix. We actually have a huge amount of depth in the second row. I know the lineup didn't go really well for us, but there's a huge amount of depth. Guys will have had experiences, as Keane said, you know, the, the likes of, of, of James Ryan in a difficult scenario when things didn't go well. So now guys have experienced that. De guys like Dave Kilcoyne is playing brilliant rugby. Uh, Scannell got a bit more uh, rugby under his belt. Uh, you know, I thought there, there was lots of positives there. I thought Jordan, Jordan Larmer actually looked like more of an international player. His his bedrocks of his game look a little bit more sound and he still has that exciting element. So there was loads of things that I, can, I feel like will be a positive for this team. I think Jacob Stockdale has had a difficult period now He's going to get better from that. He's a quality operator. Keith Earls looks like he's playing great. And we've got to, you know, a few different, Jack Carr, he's got to experience now international rugby. John Cooney was very good when he came in. So now we have more people who've been exposed to this. I think that's going to be key going into a World Cup here is that we have all these guys that we can call on who've been under pressure, who know what it's like when things are going wrong, when it's going backwards. Now they just need to figure out how to get through those and win a few of those games. The, the concern I think I would have about that bravery, like you said, mm. is are the players allowed, you know, to make those decisions to be that bit braver? That would be the concern I'd have because it seems like they're almost being stifled by the system. Now, I'm not saying for a second rip up the system and start again here because it obviously has worked really well, but you'd like to see the players have a bit more power to, you know, change it up. I thought you make a really good point about Jack Harty. Jack Harty, when he came on, it was such a pity he came on in the 72nd minute. Now, I can understand Joe's reasoning that he's trying to play Conor Murray and Johnny Sexton into form, but this is five games later in the Six Nations in the 72nd minute when the game was over, let's face it. And, you know, since after the England game, Joe's made no bones about it, that this is all building towards the World Cup. So I was a little bit disappointed that Kieran Marmy and Larmer and Carty didn't come on earlier because they did add something different. And I thought it was interesting. Jack Carty did step back in a pocket a couple of times. He put a lovely little left-footed kick in behind. I think it was Josh Adams for Stockdale thrown onto. And then a couple of phases later, he plays a lovely skip pass out to Jordan Armour. Now, okay, it was at the end of a game against a tiring defence, but he asked different questions of the Welsh defence than they had been for 72 minutes. And it was just a pity that maybe Ireland weren't a little bit braver to change it up, I think, a little bit. That was disappointing. Yeah, so do you think there will be any... So when they like reconvene before the World Cup, before the warm-up games... Will Joe just say, I want to do the same thing, just but better? Or will he have new, like, how, how, how new, how many new ideas will he come in with? Or, or new, not even, like, as Keane said, not about ripping up a blueprint or anything like that. Mm. But will he actually come in, do you think, with, with a lot of different things that they, he wants to do? Uh, look, the, uh, it's so hard to put yourself in, in that guy's shoes because he's just on a different level with rugby, on a serious note. As much as we're all doubting him now, that's just wrong. The guy is brilliant. So, like, what I think, if, if you were asking me on the spot here, which you are, um, what I think he'll do, I think he'll he'll have a real deep think about this. I think he'll try and figure out, um, you know, why the kicking game didn't go well for them. Do they need to make maybe slight adjustments to that? Sometimes you can go across field for a few high balls, which they do in training. They have used that very effectively at times, rather than always using Connor um, as the outlet. I still think that's your main thing to do. I think it's the best, because you, you know, you're basically kicking from 10 metres behind, usually at international level if you're exiting. So it's a, it's a more difficult kick. Now, you are upright and all that, so you can get a little bit more distance, etc. But your defensive line or your chasers should be 10 metres back. That's the advantage of kicking with your nine. So that's one thing maybe that they'll consider, maybe a few different options. Where do they go more attacking? You know, where do they do more kind of cross-field kicks? Just to keep the defences guessing and say, the likes of England where they really stifled the, the, um, the chasers. You know, because that is something that once you figure out Ireland are going there, you kind of say, well, look, let's pack a few more bodies in there. Let's maybe put one more back in case there's a spilled ball, we get it back. A few different things like that. So I think that's where he'll start. I also think 
that he'll probably have a good look at why things were getting why did, why they weren't able to get momentum in for, like from those forward runners from nine and from ten. Uh, I didn't think they used uh, the stuff off ten as much. I feel like they'll try and maybe get a little bit more creative. Hopefully the weather will be a little bit better, which will allow them to do that as well, because obviously there was pressure on them in the handling stakes. And I think he'll go back to what he calls the heart of the game, the rooking. I think he'll try and figure out, oh, is there something we could be doing there? Are, are we like I feel like sometimes they're over-hedging. They're kind of worried about resourcing that rook maybe a little bit too early, which means that when I say that, it means that the guy who's... The guy who's the first guy in and the kind of key guy in a rook is the outside guy, the outside cleaner. They put a big focus on that. But that outside cleaner should also be an option to pass to. And I think he's getting too tight. I think that's a problem for them because I think it, what that means is the defense The defense can then, if you're tightening up because you're like, oh, I need to be in that rook rather than actually I need to be in a good position to take a pass here. The defense just follow you in. And it means they can usually hedge in and two guys can tackle your one guy rather than it being a one-on-one. And it doesn't really open up passing channels. And it actually, if you and most most teams now, you know when you see the four going out the back, or to to the ten with like he's a forward runner outside him and he goes out the back to, to Johnny Sexton or Jack Cardi, whoever it is, right? If the outside runner isn't wide enough, if he's too tight, the defenders just slip off into that channel. Um, that that Johnny Sexton or Jack Hardy is receiving it because they know that the the runner isn't a threat. He has to be in a good position there. Now it does mean you might be half a second or you know even a millisecond later to that first clean. But I think you'll get better momentum there if you take the chance by being a little bit wider. So I think you look at that area and you wonder: Do we need to be more creative? Are we heading back into the rook a little bit too much? Because it, what that does, if you're heading back in there, it means those guys just tackle the guys from the other previous rook, just get up, and they're all in the same positions. No one really has to change positions, and that's the key. Thing as well it's not just momentum you need guys to be changing positions so someone goes oh, maybe I don't need to go there mistake they're short numbers you go there so that, that's that's the situation you're trying to get yourself into and I think they're the areas that he'll really look at I think defensively as well they could be I thought they were passive mm. it was the first time I've seen them passive they, they, they got off the line but they kind of stopped there I think you heard Shane Jennings mentioning it that he thought they looked a little bit passive they're getting off the line but they're not still coming off the line a key guy for that, and you'll see it for Leinster as well, Robbie Henshaw. Robbie Henshaw, whether it's just pure bravery, I don't know, but he just keeps coming. When he keeps coming, so when I say that, like most people, most teams will come off the line, the first two steps, they'll come off. But if you hold there, you leave your outside guys really exposed because if you hold there, what you're doing is you're providing the, the opposition ball carrier, the attacker, with time to make decisions. A big part of um, Andy Farrell's defensive system is that everyone keeps coming forward. What it means is, yeah, it's it can be a harder tackle to make because you can lose your footwork a little bit, you're out of control coming forward. But what it also means is that the attacking player's decisions have to be made way earlier. And what that means is it's way easier to make decisions in the outside channels and off the back of you should make more offensive hits, you should send them backwards more and the decisions should be easier. I thought they didn't, they didn't keep coming forward. They kind of came off the line, stopped and made passive tackles where I think that's something that they can change straight away. There are three or four things that I know Ireland can do really, really well and they have done really, really well. It's been the bedrock of what's made them really difficult to beat that I'd be thinking we, need, we just need to go back to doing those things really, really well. And that's what I think there. That's what I think he'll do. Now I think he'll probably try and get a bit creative with, with you know, in terms of new thinking, maybe on new moves and stuff like that. But he's always been unbelievable at that. I'm expecting him to produce one or two brilliant ones in the World Cup. Well, it's interesting that Luke's saying going back and doing the things they do really well, really well again, because some of the criticism I've seen leveled that you know Joe Schmidt in particular is that that the team needs to really move into a much more drastic new style of play, like a more of an attacking, more of an offloading game. That's some of the criticism that is out there. 
But that's not going to happen. I mean, let's just, let's just face it. We're six months out from the World Cup. Ireland, after the year that they had last year, got them so, so much success. And I think I made this point the last time I was in about the criticism of Johnny Sexton. People have such short memories. It's, it's unbelievable. It's so frustrating, actually. But who's um, World Player of the Year like but, but, a few months ago? It's but like, actually mental. But like. People, like, people don't remember that. You know, <laughs> that's you're, crazy. And it, I, not to use a cliche, but you're only as good as your last game. But like that applies so much to, to rugby fans, I think, because, because you see it on Twitter and all sorts. But um, yeah, look... Ireland have come up with some brilliant plays. Like that's the thing in the Six Nations. True, yeah. Joe Schmidt. I mean, you think about the, 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 the try against Scotland was brilliant. Uh, two against France, but are they too reliant on these specials from Joe Schmidt? Because when they don't work, what else do they have? I guess because they didn't get anything going against Wales. And you saw at one stage I was writing about it in yesterday's paper. They set up um, with Gary Ringrose behind the scrum, and they used to, they tried to do a dummy switch, but Wales read it like a book. So. Now, there's, there's also a theory, I guess, is Joe holding stuff back for the World Cup, which who knows, maybe he is, but if whether he is or he isn't, you can be guaranteed by the time the World Cup comes around, he will have several new plays. Mm. And it, like you said, the weather will hopefully be better and things like that. But yeah, they, they, they need to find, they need to not be afraid that if if plan A isn't working that you go I'm not saying to start offloading the ball like and start throwing mad passes because that's not going to happen that's what jo- France do yeah exactly <laughs> and that's we what shouldn't do that. ironically <laughs> that's what Scotland started doing against um, England and that's how they got back in the game but that's not going to happen under Joe Schmidt and it doesn't that doesn't need to happen either but it's just a little bit of thinking I think outside the box and on Joe himself, it, like this is probably the most criticism he's ever received in his career. It's an interesting time for him too, because this is a big job he has in his hands. Like, whether you think the criticism is valid or over the top, it, it's still a big job to get this Irish team right for the World Cup. Yeah, it is, and like to be, because I came in here going, like I was thinking about it in the car, and I was like, I just can't, but be- I couldn't believe like how we've how we've turned. Like, I just, and as much as like I, you know, whatever about my relationship with Joe. I always thought he was an unbelievable coach, like he and he still is. And I, like, I, in terms of this, yeah, it's a difficult period. He's had difficult ones. He started off with Leinster. He didn't have a massive name. Now he come in with a Boucle de Bernou, um win with Claremont, you know, and he done fairly well. I know they kind of nice crashed. Pronunciation, it. Well. Um, and they had, um, you know, and and they done. Pretty, they obviously had the crash out against us in in the in the Champions Cup that year. Heineken Brock Cup. James thought that wasn't it? Uh, yeah, but you couldn't blame the coach for that one. But the guy's been unbelievable ever since. But he had a difficult period when he came into Lens. Remember that five or six games? And I remember actually I was doing media during one of these periods and I was thinking, guys, you've no idea what's going on here. Like, seriously, the guy's... Get, like, he's changing the game. We're going to be brilliant with this guy. And I feel like that again. It's exactly... I was kind of saying, when have I felt like this before? And you're right. It's the most, It's a difficult period for him. But I, I just think he needs to take a little bit of time. I'd say it's okay for him to relax now. He's got a really busy period coming up. I'm pretty sure he'd have all the preparation on where the team is staying, how they want to prep, who the, who's coming in terms of backroom staff, all that kind of stuff. He can relax now because all that stuff would probably be done at this stage, right? And it would be good for him to do that. And I think then he'll be, I think he'll get those creative juices flowing. I think he'll be able to look at it without being kind of um, emotionally invested in it because regardless of what we think about him being, you know, very, you know, like kind of emotionless about selection and being really, you know, rigid and lots of things, this will have hurt him. Um, so I think now is the time not to be letting those feelings like override what what's gotten you to this, the bedrocks of of what makes you a great coach. Um, so I think he should take a break, and then I think he just needs to like he needs to believe in himself now because this is the, this is when you really need, do need to do that, and the team need to believe in themselves because they've built up a body of work that they can rely on and they can look back on and say we've beaten the best team in the world twice 
in the last four years. Like we're we're a great team. We and we haven't become a bad team overnight. We just need to change a few small things, and it'll all turn around. And and that's my gut on it. In terms of Joe, don't change what's what's gotten you to this 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 place. Uh, will be will be my thinking about how he'll react once he's you know had a, had a break from it. Do you not need to do a bit of changing if teams have? caught on to what you do well or have kind of caught up to you but I think you can make slight adjustments yeah. to the plan um, but the plan is the same for everyone like it, it like rugby, people are talking about like plan B's and C's and D's the game, it, it, like the game, hasn't changed. Like it's changed, maybe. Oh, but different teams play different yeah, styles. They do, you know, but you, Scotland don't play the same way Ireland. And do that's fine. But you make small adjustments, like, and there are adjustments that we've that, that sorry that the Irish team have made before. Like they have changed the kicking strategy for certain teams. They have changed the defence for certain teams. They'll show them one thing one week, and then they, they've done all those things before. So, like, when people are saying, "Oh, like Plan B," isn't, there's no like it's adjustments to Plan A. Like, there's a way to play rugby. I think he believes it's the right way to, to right way to play the game. I've played against all these teams. I've been in successful teams for long periods, and I know. Look at New Zealand as well. Like they're they're the guys I'm looking at. They don't change. They they change very slightly, but they have a way they play. They believe in it. They trust in it. They have results to back it up. Ireland also have the same blueprint now over the last couple of years, last two or three years, that we can rely on. It's not like you just need to make slight adjustments. And things that they've been doing well over the last two years, they didn't actually do. So people talking about changing things, well, actually. The things that that made them great, they didn't do. Their defense was very passive. Like that's a that's been a big thing for Ireland. I think they need to maybe have a. The only thing I would maybe have a rethink about is going to the corners all the time. I don't think I think you, you you're, you're not going to do that at a World Cup, are you? Like I mean, I don't think you can, no. Keen, because I think you're taking a big like the lift that Wales got. Yeah, like literally the, the Welsh quarter final in 2011 was a carbon copy of going to the corner yeah, time but and it's again a big early chance on. You take, yeah. Will, because mm, yeah. if you look at it, like if you take a kick and you miss, you get the ball back yeah. still. Do you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. get the ball back. Now you might be running it back from inside your own half, but you get the ball back. You're back in control of the game. They have to go through another defensive set for an Ireland hold on to the ball well. So it could be twenty phases before they get it back again. It's so, exactly what Wales did. Then they they yeah. took their points whenever they got the chance. I think the next few months are going to eat him up. To be honest, I think you know you say take a break, but I think he'll find it so hard <laughs> to actually switch off. That's why the players are lucky that the page quickly turns. I mean, I was at the Leinster press conference yesterday, and like Johnny Sexton, Sean O'Brien, and all the the big guns are back in tomorrow. You know, so they're already looking to Ulster so they're lucky because they can sort of put it aside but for the coaches such, it's, such it's a long time such an important end of season for the players it, in particular those, those big names we've mentioned like if they have really successful yeah. end of seasons with Leinster and Munster and Connacht and Ulster it will reinvigorate them so obviously Joe can you know, go behind closed doors and, and mm. plan for for when they come back in but it's crucial that the provinces go well because hypothetically if things maybe don't go as, as well as people think it, they might this malaise will just hang over them into the summer yeah, it, like it's brilliant, and it's it's an absolute saving grace that all four teams have a European Cup quarter final to look to. to the, I suppose the Leinster Ulster one takes on even more significance now because you know, like the likes of Johnny Sexton hasn't been the same since the Munster game in Toma Park, and now you have another, and he he hasn't like I mean that's the reality of it, but another big massive derby you'll have at least one team in a semi-final you'd hope that Munster would be able to follow them uh, Connacht have a good chance as well so if the promises do finish on a high Leinster flying it in the Pro 14 then yes they go into the warm-up games and suddenly the Six Nations feel a bit longer a couple of wins in the warm-up games and I think most people will have forgotten it because like I mentioned people have such short <laughs> memories it's funny like those warm-up games it works now. in the other way no, well. I can't wait for those warm-up games yeah. every warm game is going to be over-analyzed <laughs> and over-analyzed and it's, it's going to be they, they that's, the, that's the nature of the World Cup though yeah. be, everyone will be just so excited Like, and honestly you could play absolutely shocking and I guarantee you there'll be some of the worst games like in regards <laughs> to the weather brilliant but no one will be match fit like it'll be a disaster it'll be like 
people will be tired. Your decision making goes to pot, no matter how much training or how disciplined you've been. It's gonna be a mess, and people will be like, "Oh, like you know, the the hangover from the Six Nations." It's hundred percent. Like, hundred percent. But uh, everyone again, catch ourselves on, relax, be you know, be pragmatic about how difficult it is going to be coming coming into those games with just training. Like training is so different to matches. Like I really believe that this, the team is going to have their best ever World Cup. I, I believe it strongly. Um, I think they'll have hopefully you know a full deck to choose from. Those that's the only danger with those games is that you get a Conor Murray or or Johnny Sexton injured um, but um, no, look this is great like the only thing I would say is this is a great time for the team to have a problem like mm. the, the last thing you want to have is a situation like this in the World Cup where you don't have a chance we're not going well you've, yeah. it's too late and then four years of work goes down to Swanee we're the only team that really like really looks to Six Nations I, mean, I know financially it's you know it, it's a big endeavour and it's very important that we do well and for the union right but Leaving that aside, we're the only team that really focuses on this coming into World Cup years. Like, mm. uh, you know, all the Southern Hemisphere teams, all they're talking about is World Cup now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They want to get through, they get through the rest of the season. Who's in form? All they're saying, who's in form for the World Cup? Um, so I wouldn't be panicking about the Six Nations. I said at the start, I would have been playing all these, I would have been playing lots of the guys in the periphery in the big matches anyway. So it looks like we might have had a chance to do that by hooker, you know, probably not the way you want to. Absolutely. They used 36 players hmm. in the end, which is which is incredible, really. Like, that's a, that's a really impressive number in a World Cup year. Ty Byrne and Kieran Marmion were the 35th and 36th. It's great to see him come on. Ty Byrne's a guy, I, I, like, I know they had a difficult day, but geez, he was, he'd won yeah, an unbelievable was, turnover in there. That's the thing that we've used so many players, but it feels like some people played themselves out, <laughs> it's hard to play the combinations though it's more you just want like, if you have if you have to bring in one or two guys you're going to have your team for the big ones you need one or two guys that you can go well I know he can play well mm. but I, like it, it, it's easier coming into those combinations yeah I, I, yeah, like I, it was a difficult I thought game for Ty Byrne you know he got oh, that yeah. steal at the start <laughs> but you would hope that uh, Joe doesn't use that as ammunition not to pick him again because like you said the pack were dominated it wasn't just his yeah. fault so yeah you'd really hope because I agree with you I think some players haven't done their chances any any favours at all but th on the flip side I think there's a, there's a handful of players who've actually made massive strides and, and just one last thing on Joe it was interesting afterwards that he did offer a lot of excuses I don't think mm. it was his best post-match performance in terms of talking to the media and one thing he did bring up was the team news being published yeah. in advance which is a staple in every country and it happens before most Ireland games that there might be an article the morning of the announcement or maybe mm. late the night before and he said that it didn't help with preparations like Gats knew our team before we had announced <sighs> it yeah look I suppose like, what did you make of him bringing that up like I, th I think the first thing was it was straight after the game a loss you know emotions were running high I think if he could go back again I'm not sure if he would have said it it just it just came across as silly really um, it was disappointing as well I think the thing about the team yeah you know I know it from our point of view as well editors like this is what they want they want you to be the one to get the team first so what happens then is everyone is rushing to be the first to get it so um, someone got it and they posted it I think it was early on Wednesday which it's usually Wednesday evening Wednesday afternoon it was definitely earlier than usual and I suppose the big talking point was that uh, Ty Byrne was starting I guess and Sean O'Brien back in which you probably would have guessed anyway with Josh Van der Fleer injured so look do you, like was Warren Gatlin sitting down at home refreshing his laptop I'm not sure if he was <laughs> oh, I mean they have their game plan set out anyway I don't think but it it's also it interesting Luke for it, to, it gives an insight into how consumed he is by those leaks or, or what 
or, or, that, or that kind of thing. That he's always been big on that, hasn't he? Uh, Will, I was just, just going to interject because this is something that really, it was one thing, and I was coming in here to be very, very supportive of him <laughs> because I just really believe in him. Um, but th that's something that he could change, actually, definitely. He did that in the World Cup. That was a mistake last time. He didn't tell the subs when they were, like, who was going to be in. Like you found out maybe the night before because he was like really you know obsessed um, with so there was someone finding out the team he just needs to that's not important it isn't like a, an extra half a day to prepare is not important in the grand scheme of things and even if a team did come out on the Tuesday you're never going to actually confirm it until the actual team mm. is named anyway so he should just need you can't control what the media are doing you control it as best you can the information you let out but if someone's getting the team you know you, as long as you've said it once to the team at the start of the week say listen please don't tell anyone I know people are trying to make plans etc etc but don't tell anyone that's all you can do you can't control that message. Like for someone who is brilliant at controlling the controllables, he lets that stuff, that worries him, that annoys him um, because he can't control it. But he needs to accept that and move on. If I was giving him one piece of advice from the last World Cup, I thought that was a mistake. You need to, people need to know where they're playing more so than the opposition. You need to back the group that you have to be able to say, well, look, you know, if, if Rob Carney isn't playing, for example, and Jordan Larmer's there, at fullback, just for an example, they might say, "Well, but maybe we have a chance of kicking the air," um, because you know Rob Carney's you know world class there. You know maybe we might attack him there. You need to back your guy to say they might attack you there. You need to be ready, and we believe in you. Um, we're, this is the team we're trusting you. We're, we're we're trusting our guys enough that they can cope with the op what the opposition are going to throw at them to deliver that's we trust our guys and I think that's something that you can say to the group rather than really worrying about kind of negating what the opposition are going to do by allowing them have the information half a day earlier it, it isn't going it doesn't affect it that much um, and you can't control it also which is the key thing so he needs to get that's something he needs to banish I also thought some of the messages were were, were, were interesting from did you, did you think that as well in the post-match interview regarding um, he was talking about the motivation and stuff I've kind of never really heard him talking about those kind of things I, I, it was kind of an interesting focus to have remember he was saying about Wales being it was more easy for them more. to be motivated yeah. and I was thinking well first of all how do you pick a number that's pretty <laughs> impossible um, you know and, and also I think uh, it was just unusual for him I kind of feel like he needs to believe, like that. That's stuff. Like we, we, well, we do what we do. It, it points to what you said about him. That he, you know, we obviously do look at him as very kind of cold and calculated. But I thought his reaction after the game and his comments came from more of an emotional place. That he was just a bit shell shocked mm. himself. But, but maybe well, it was the last Six Nations yeah. game, and I, he's never won in Cardiff. You know, yeah. his old rival Gatland. It was it was heated a moment. Stuff and like you said, it one hundred percent comes down to the fact that he isn't able to control who gets the team, and he thinks that's something he should be able to control because he should be able to trust the people who do know the team but obviously it does get out whatever way so you could have someone watching training you could have you can't you member. can't anymore because he's put up so many big barriers <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Viva Stadium <laughs> down in Carton House maybe no. once upon a time you could appear through the bushes but not anymore Keen, if I see you up there in a the blimp <laughs> no but like it, look that's something he doesn't he's too good to be worrying about that stuff back your plan have an idea if if they're going if you're going to name your team what they might do and you say you just pick the guy aside and you say listen you know this is this is they might do this to you this weekend they might you know if you have a, a few tall guys in the back row they might pick a few guys who are going to be on the ground we need you to be really on it we need you to get there earlier and make sure that they're you know say for example the back row the Welsh back row they probably got the edge and the guys in the ground you need to say to your guys well they might go for us there we need to be better than them there and back your guys to do it picking the team you've got to pick the best team you've got to let the guys know he's all about preparing his team as best he can for the challenge that they're that they're facing you need to let the guys know like I remember I remember the night before some of the games I was thinking what this is mental like you know there's so much to learn in this game plan and I've all these different positions to cover 
and I'm kind of thinking that's like I should know now. I should be mentally preparing for as long as I can before the week to to be playing in, the, in what was the biggest match of of your career. So it, it, it's something that he he could think about. I think, and he needs to say, well, look, I can't really control that. Um, huh? Once I've gone, to, once you, the bits you can control, you say you control, but otherwise that's it. You can't. He, he, like it, it goes like he's always been known for that because I remember there's been a couple of times where a captain's runs even you know which is as you'll know mm. like essentially just a run through of things like he's he stopped captain's runs when he's seen people you know journalists there like the day before a game when essentially all you're doing is you know running a few moves and stuff but I suppose paranoia is the word because like that's his inner sanctum he doesn't want his, anyone to get in there and that goes back to the whole team thing and that's why the barriers are up in Karen House <laughs> <laughs> copyright the thinking uh, no but look look it, it's a small thing, but I, I I was I was just interested to see some of the messaging come out from. Him. I thought I just thought some of them were was a little bit unusual. I haven't got the quotes to to, to exactly to mind because it's kind of been a stray thought coming into my mind. <laughs> I didn't think we'd be talking about it, but I just thought around Italy as well. Some of the messaging was just kind of odd as well. So um, I, I think, well, I think that's when he, he revealed he revealed when oh, we were a bit broken from the England game as well. Like so he was that was re- yeah. that's another one. Did you not like? I mean, am I, yeah, am well, I they were, they were things the that I hadn't kind of, heard from him before. Yeah, like I, I thought it was unusual. Usual kind of admitting like oh someone someone something had got to us or small things like even even the stuff with the roof I kind of was like well I, I, I actually this is I actually think I quite liked it in a way he was like nah you want that no we've got a decision we're not going to give you that I quite liked it as well but at the same time I would have been kind of saying to Gatland do what you want doesn't matter that's kind of another way of, of, of thing you know you have like it doesn't matter to us we'll play whatever um, so there's a few ways of thinking about that one I, I kind of was part of me says nah don't give him what he wants but however <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe he is becoming a bit more emotional like to, like you said because mm. this is you know he's a human being at ex- the end. exactly <laughs> and Rob Kearney made this point a couple of weeks ago and someone asked him you know what do you put the slump down and he said we're human beings like Joe Schmidt is a human being even though we see him as this sort of like robot almost mm. Of course, he's going to be emotional. Because he's invested so much into this country. And as like well. he, he will be judged in large part by what happens at the World Cup, like whether we like it or not. Even though he had so much success, and you can't take that away from him. Like if we if we go to the World Cup, if Ireland go and don't do it, well, it, that'll it, always yeah, be. It, it goes back to my point about people having short memories. If he goes out <laughs> with, with another failed World won Cup, a Grand Slam and two championships. <laughs> have, you seen, you. have you seen how I'm, people react? I'm though? telling <laughs> you now, uh, people are crazy though. Yeah. <laughs> people are crazy. Okay. Not our listeners. Yeah. Uh, well, we can talk about Ireland. But I do want to get your opinion on England and Wales as well. The, the two other kind of big challengers going into the World Cup obviously had contrasting fortunes in the last day. Keen Wales securing the Grand Slam in England, who were 31 0 up when I left the pub and I got, got home to London. And You're trying to collect your winnings? Yeah, I got home to London and realised they'd drawn 38 all. But um, I actually think England, of the two teams, are probably. I think are really well primed to have a good World Cup. I know that was a crazy game against Scotland. Yeah. But I think they've they've considering they were in Ireland's position now last year, they they do look really well primed again. Yeah, a couple of key positions I think they've really figured out. I think um Curry has been just an, not an absolute years old. Not, not an absolute find because he's been coming through, but like he is sensational. I thought he had a brilliant tournament. Um I think the combination uh Slade and Manu Tulagi coming back has really worked worked well. I mean Johnny May just looks like, you know, a different player to what he was a few he's years got ago some, he's, I really added some nice skills to mm. the game so, 
And, and Underhill, like he'll be back fit. Underhill, yeah. yeah, if he can get in the team, unless it'll be interesting to see what balance they go for. I don't know how you could try dynamic guys. Yeah, shift one of them to six, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. considering Toje missed a few games, yeah, yeah. Mako Napoleon missed a couple of games. I agree with you. I think England are going to be serious. Put Joe Cocking and Singer back in the team, maybe. Yeah, well. it was, it, Eddie Jones it was interesting. He 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 seemingly dropped him because he didn't want his ego getting too big. Yeah. <laughs> You're going a little too good. Uh, but Eddie yeah. Jones after the game was interesting, which I thought like he Ed Jones comes out with such garbage sometimes. Like he, he said sometimes. like oh there's still some mental scars from 2015 here like you know like basically blaming the, co- the old coaching staff for, for like, this mental pinch collapse. of salt pinch yeah, of salt I don't know you wouldn't know yeah, exactly yeah. Yeah. he seems to come out with some awful shite yeah. what um, about England in general England good good position agree with, uh, with a lot of what Keane said I, I, I like that they've just started picking Farrell at 10 like, yeah. he's a great 10 like he's a great player and he should be picking him there and he's not a 12 as much as they like to have him at 12, I think if you're opening a team up and you're like, well, we need a point differential, you might say, right, bring on forward, we'll open these lads up, um, you know, passing it around them. But I actually probably wouldn't even do that. I'd probably be bringing them. They have great, they, they have a few good selections in the centre. They've Bentio there, who's very, very good. They've managed to laggy, which is a big one to have him back. Very, very big and one. And he got through it unscathed. Which and he was lucky. To, he nearly took um, uh, things head up. Uh, with Sam Jones. Who scored the Sam, Sam Jones, Jones head up? Did you see that one for yeah. the. Oh my God, how yeah. he didn't get a red card. But. Like they look and Slade, Slade has been fantastic for them. He yeah. gives them that little bit of. He's got a bit of everything. Nice kicking game, a lovely handler of the football, and he's kind of deceptively quick and Great strong. Well, yeah, yeah, like a nice footwork. So he's been a real fine for them, and that's kind of been a key position for them yeah. because I think what they were doing is they were having that twelve as the other playmaker. But really, I think it's great to have your twelve, a big strong twelve next year, ten, kind of traditional in the role. Some teams have gone away from that. They like having the playmaker there as well. Um, I, I actually feel like you're better having the playmaker at 13. There are less big collisions out there. Um, and it's also a better connector between your best players and and and, uh, and your 10. So I think they've figured that bit out in the back line, which is key. They still need a few guys to be fit for them. It looks like there's a big drop-off when Makovuna Polo mm. gets injured. I actually always thought Billy was the bigger, um, made the bigger impact when he was injured. I'm actually starting to nearly go the other way where I think Mako might be a bigger loss from he's so his performance so good. against Ireland was oh. maybe the performance of the tournament oh, it was possibly. incredible it was it incredible was yeah. phenomenal but um, they look very strong look that they've settled in the, in the row uh, Courtney Law is playing some great rugby as well um, Itoje I mean he's back to back to his best I think Cruz it's good to have him back So Ben Youngs as well is another person another player who I think very, well. really, the pack is going really forward like, so yeah of course again yeah. When, when your pack is going forward but he, he looked like his career had sort of stalled but he really yeah. reinvented uh, himself I think and what about Wales obviously a very impressive win over Ireland to secure the Grand Slam but, but for me I, I probably wouldn't have them near the top of the best Grand Slam teams even among the ones Warren Gatlin has produced you know in various games they won they were a bit patchy I don't want to be too critical well, even of. even the try that they scored though at, at the oh, weekend I think if jo, a Joe Schmidt team scores that because they clearly identified yeah. the space just like England did so I don't know I think maybe that's a little bit harsh I think um, I think like we talk about standout players I think Liam Williams oh, offered gosh, had some yeah. just brilliant moments Josh Adams was almost the unheralded star because you know went under the radar a little bit before Jonathan he came in Jonathan Davies excellent he's he about his business yeah like, and he, he's another one who you know had terrible time with injury yeah, he's back yeah. um, I, I I think they're in a, well. Clearly, they're in a very good place. Um, even Tipperick, another you know, just brilliant. It's good they're picking them. Like they have to pick them now. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean they've been forced. They can't to pick, pick Sam Warburton. Their best anymore. seven. Yeah, and like if he's he's been their best seven for ten years. And, and he's been playing. For they've uh, Falatau still come back in the team. Who will make a? He I think he's a big upgrade on um, Ross Moriarty as well. Yeah, so. I thought Moriarty was good. Yeah, that good, game suited him. I think Falatau is Falatau is very good. Better, yeah, better, yeah, so. yeah. yeah, they're they're in a very good. But like he like he's in his prime. Like I think Ken Owens is in his prime. Halloween Jones is 
he, did you see Titan. every single work, every single tackle he was involved mm. in? He was like carrying guys backwards, yeah. and he was slowing it down. I thought the ref was poor. Like not to, honestly, I know I feel like I'm on the Sarah Graves thing, but they rolled. They were really smart. They rolled into our side of the rock. He, all he day. did. They didn't rolled get into nine. There was guys pe- like pulling at uh, Connor Murray. I thought I thought the ref had a bit of a stinker to be honest. And once they once the thing is that you have to be you have to be cute. Like once they figured that out, they were on the edge all day. And Alan Wynn was at the heart of that. I thought. Th- th- yeah, I totally agree with you because he did the exact same thing that CJ Standard did by you know not not making much of an attempt to roll away. And then five minutes later, Standard gets penalised for the exact same mm. thing. But I guess it's all about p- painting pictures, isn't it? Like in Ireland, the pictures they were painting mm. weren't quite there. But there was another time when um, Angus Gardner stopped a mall in the corner, and you're like, I, I, "That's a really oh. bugbear mind. Use it." Like every every single every single mall, it was like, "Why use it?" It was like, "Why?" Going what what does he know about the the mall? Like, I mean, it must be so frustrating to play like that. He um, gave the first warning really, really quickly. Yeah, all the time, too, too quickly, way too quickly. Like yeah. it wasn't the reason Ireland lost the game, but he was so pedantic on. On a couple of things, like I've heard that's I from so a, many people. It's not why we lost the game; they just but, like, <laughs> but, but, but he, he was though. He was. <laughs> it he didn't was help because there was one really illegal one. Like, there's no way the one. Do you remember that we were down? It was first half, and there was someone in from the side. Tyke Byrne. No, it was on there. It was. It was. Remember, we lost a mall. We had a mall five meters out, so and one of their guys. Idea, I think. It wasn't. It was so. Like, that just cannot be legal. What he did, <laughs> it just cannot. I, I'm sorry, unless they've changed the rules. And that is not legal. It was right in front of the referee, and I was thinking, moments like that, like Wales really got momentum from, and we lost heart. I thought, and we had more of those. We just had too many of those moments early in the game, um, and it just it knocked the stuffing out of us, knocked us for six, and we didn't recover well from it. So, I thought the ref did not help proceedings. But from a Welsh perspective, I think we might be underestimating how good this team is. Um, I, I really like the halfback pairing. I think uh, I still think bigger might be better um, for them. Well, I thought Anscombe was very good. Very ner- like nerveless kicking display as well. He was really, really solid mm. off the tee. He's a threat himself, running wise. Um, and and I just like Hadley Park. I just think Hadley Park's a lovely yeah. player. I just think he doesn't look like he's going quick. That tackle on Stockdale was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Stockdale is rapid mm. when he gets going and doesn't look like he's going quick all yeah. the time. But that was a serious bit of rugby. Um, and the try, the try was taken very well. Great like try, off yeah. the outside of the boot, it was kind of like a blind one, almost like those old Andrew Johns. Me and Andrew mm. Johns, the the rugby league player. The kind of blind they used to call them the banana kicks, but he used to do these chips the other way off the outside of the boot, like classy stuff. Mm. Like they're they're a good outfit. Well, just before we finish up, lads, I want to get your experience from Colin Bay, Keen. Obviously, <laughs> you you were you were over planes, trains, and automobiles uh, all the way over to uh, see Ireland under twenties uh, win a Grand Slam. But tell us a bit about your travel arrangements as well, or your how you got there. Uh, we got the ferry. It was. <laughs> delayed we were supposed to leave at 8am but it was delayed because the the, the sea was so rough which didn't, re- <laughs> which didn't really bode well for what was to Bring come but, uh, <laughs> couldn't get a pharmacy that was open early enough to get the sea legs so we were already off to a rough start pardon the pun but um yeah no we eventually got there anyway um I guess the reason we got the ferry was because it's it, Colin Bay is right next to Hollyhead. It was only like a 40-minute drive, so it just made total sense. So it sounds like a Christy Moore song. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Bay's on the seaside, lads. I don't know if I'd be recommended it for uh, the summer holidays anytime soon. Um, unbelievable, though. Um, it would have been. It was a long trip. I think it was 28 hours uh, we were away, but it would have been wouldn't have been worth it if they hadn't won. But it was, I guess, in keeping with their whole campaign, it was just incredible. Um, they were behind, I think it was 10 nil in the first half and then got it back and then they were trailing with about 15 minutes to go and they scored a late try to go back in front and then they scored another late try to actually kill the game. So yeah, they're a really, really impressive team. Um, 
probably not like the teams we've had in the last maybe five or six years with absolutely outstanding individuals and that's no slide on any of them I think if you're looking for the outstanding individuals Someone like Scott Penny looks like you know he's oh, a certain yeah, future. Yeah. Uh, he's Inter- already played for Leinster. Yeah. Like anyone can pick out the guy who's already made his well, there's, there's debut. A, there, there's plenty of lads in the team who I reckon will go far, but I think it was just some of their parts really that made them what they were. I think Noel McNamara deserves a huge amount of credit. You know, he came in last year, didn't go too well, but you can only work with the players. You know, it, it, guys in the row are good. Charlie Ryan and Maloney, yeah. Yeah, they're, like they're good guys. And, it, and you, have, good you, things about you have them. someone like Ryan Baird to come off the bench who he missed the start of the tournament uh, through injury and he was... He they mass- rate him very, very highly. Apparently, he looks, yeah. the, he looks huge. He's, he looks already he, like a big he, man. Yeah, he's an very athlete. Good yeah. and then, like, huge skill set as well. They, they, yeah. missed, they missed Craig Casey, Harry Byrne and the captain David Hawkshaw. So that's your 9, nine 10, 10, 12, 12 yeah. axis. And then, you know, the guys that stepped in, like Ben Healy, you know, like... It, it was just such a well-oiled machine um, and the, the manner in which they did it was brilliant. I think there was about 300 Irish people over there. Like It was it was a really good occasion. Um, they absolutely deserved to, to win it and I suppose now they're looking ahead to the June World Cup in Argentina. So yeah, it's a really, really exciting group and, and, abs- and a pleasure to cover as well because the rugby that they've been playing has been thrilling. Now, I guess it's very different to what they're going to get to when they get into the, the senior senior ranks because it, it's, it's a very different game. It's a lot of unstructured rugby, but it's an absolute joy to watch. Um, brilliant to cover. Um, yes. Ferry, would you get another ferry? Uh, hopefully, I won't be getting a ferry anytime soon again. <laughs> they might fly in next I can't time. imagine the plane would be much better. <laughs> yeah, well, you have to get it. Yeah, no, uh, no, no more ferries, hopefully, but it, thankfully it was worth it because it was an incredible win. Only the second ever time, 2007 was the first Luke, could have been. Could have been 2007? Yeah, no, it uh, <laughs> didn't work out that way, did it? Yeah, I missed out. In the, like, Luke was too big time for 20s back in 2007, I think. You said it well, I didn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I missed, that was a good team. That was, Very good team. That Felix was kind Jones, of good. Ian Healy. Yeah, Ian there was Ian Keatley, but there was... Uh, who was excellent? Keith, like Keith Earls Keith was Earls, the yeah. standout. He yeah. was outstanding at that point. Uh, he lost all the puppy fat. Um, <laughs> but he was serious in that. Keen Healy, obviously, as well. Both of them gone on to have... Incredible career. It was it was interesting as well, actually probably worth mentioning that um after the Italy game, so last season Stuart Lancaster took a full training session with them just in terms of how the system and the pathway that are in place and how well it's working to the IRFU's credit. Um, this year, instead of taking a training session, he took a video session. So what he did was he looked at Ireland as if he was the opposition coach and said, okay, this is how I would attack against you. This is how I would defend against you and ran the whole thing and talking to a couple of the players. To the 20s, like, obviously. To the, the 20s. I was going to say, Jesus No, they were... But they were blown away by his level of detail and oh, what he was actually bringing. So... I think to the, to the IRFU's credit, there's a lot of joined up thinking here and I guess the proof is in the pudding when you see the likes of James Ryan, Andrew Porter, Gary Ringers. Now, I know they're special talents, but the transition was made easier, I think, by what they did with the 20s and hopefully there'll be players from this team that'll do the same. And they train with the guys as well. That's a good yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Like they've start, They did that when I was with there the as well. But yeah. like they're, they're great things to do yeah. is to... Uh, like is to, to to get the young guys in a session where they're really feeling the pump with, with the senior mm. team or sometimes they work the other way sometimes like Joe or whoever is coaching the team will actually make it far more difficult for the international team like they'll have you going backwards all day they'll have like you you make a break and they'll be like drop the ball back you're defending like so all these kind of things so anytime so like you know either you get a lot of heart from it or you can go <laughs> well this is the wake up call if, if, mm. he, if, he, if 
you know the coach lets them get on top of you but it is important that we do that like I think we've got loads of talent coming through so um, regardless of how crestfallen uh, <laughs> we are yeah. after the Six Nations <laughs> I think we're in a, won over we the weekend, are yeah. in a good position like we've done we've done the professional thing well yeah. like we've been consistently um, you know competitive for this period which we haven't always we've done been. the professional thing well and then we just have to do it at the World Cup <laughs> please God yeah well, look I think the last one is fairly um, like we've made five or nearly our best players like you have to be oh, we don't have to go into it again <laughs> oh, but it just let's be like because no, everyone's going to say Will that oh he's going to be judging these things like he had a really like it was an outlier in terms of the, the, the damage that was done to the team pre that Argentina game in terms of the injuries and suspensions and stuff so let's, let's cut him a little bit of slack he's had a, he's had a tough six nations but <laughs> he's still great well, Luke, keen on that note, thanks so much for joining me. That's all we have time for this week on The Left Wing in association with Ali. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back next week with another great podcast. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud and listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thank you for listening and goodbye. The Left Wing Podcast is in association with Aldi, official supermarket of the IRFU.